Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Spark one up. Rock on. Smoke on. Mwah. Smoke in a bowl, sir. Yes, sir. Smoking that bowl. Tuesday night. In the bowl. In the bowl for episode 50, half century mark. All right, nifty 50. Picked a great night to hang. Picked a great night to hang. It is the 24th of November, the week of Thanksgiving. Despite what Fauci told you, we still will give thanks. Thanks for every bowl. And thanks for every bowler in the bowl. That's right. Good crowd here tonight, listening in. Yes. And we have an executive producer to thank. That's right. Thank you, Net Ned. Net Ned. Net Ned coming in again. $25. Woohoo! He's our executive producer here on the Bowl After Bowl podcast. Many of you are listening in on the audio stream. It can be found at bowlafterbowl.com slash listen hyphen live. You can also find the link to the video stream, onlyfans.com slash Lorian, where we video stream uh, the show. We also have some other goodies there. Lots uh, of goodies. Erotic art and such. You know what an OnlyFans is. You're not an idiot. You weren't born yesterday. You're just stoned enough to get it, to understand. Not too stoned. Just the right amount. Kicking back. Having a bowl. Hanging out. What could be better on a Tuesday night? We want to thank uh, No Debit as well for providing us the streaming platform, the audio streaming platform, the IceCast stream that we use is wonderful. And he did that out of the goodness of his own heart. Thank so. you, dude. Thank you. He is essentially producing every live show uh, just by providing that uh, providing that infrastructure. So thank you. Well. I was just going to wait until you said <laughs> something. I was just going to straight up just sit here and wait. Thank you. Oh, that's so nice of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vaccines coming our way. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> not really, but. Coming not our way. Not our way. That's for sure. Way, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Governor Parson here in Missouri has created a website dedicated just to the vaccine, mostopscovid.com. Oh, great. If a Missourian has any questions or would like to track the progress of the vaccine or, you know, like be first in line to get it whenever they can, of course, it's going to be a slow release, and I think medical personnel will probably receive it first and then nursing home folks and then senior citizens, and then, you know, whoever wants to get it, which is not me. No, not me neither. That's how you kill the COVID? Yes. You just Missouri smash it. No, this website has a section called Get the Facts to try and make sure that you know how safe Get the facts out of here. How do I know that a COVID-19 vaccine will be safe? Because this website tells you so. Oh. <laughs> I haven't read it, but if I'm it guessing says that's dot what gov, it says. then, uh, you know, it must be true. Oh, yes, of course. If it says dot gov, then you have to believe it. So. Believe it and believe in it. 
it does say, though, that the initial clinical trials do not include pregnant women. So the safety and efficacy for pregnant women will be determined at a later date. I'm out. Been out? Yeah. Definitely out with that. Out <laughs> long before, but yeah. Yes. Yes. No way. Stay away from me. I don't like pokes. I the, especially uh, don't like this RNA business going on. Yeah, the altering of your DNA just seems beyond sketch. I don't think you should need 70% of the population to get it for it to be effective. Mm, this is my thing. Like, e- even with the, they're touting this 90% plus efficacy rate, but the lethality, the survival rate is even higher just with no uh, vaccine at all. At all, at all. So, wouldn't you be better off just uh, not taking it? Yeah, yeah. Because you're like 99% likely to survive, yeah? I don't understand. If you get sick. I think there's something I'm missing. Something I must be missing. Hmm. The death curve rate, it's just just pittering out. It's got nothing left. I know what you're missing. While the cases go... You're missing... A stream of revenue from the vaccine. Ah, You're not a stakeholder right. in the vaccine. It's about the money. Because if you were, then you would get it and you would preach the good vaccine to the people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, but... If you're a stakeholder, you're making money off of it. You think uh, Bill Gates is going to get know. it? No. You think but Bill Gates going to give it to his kids? No, but he's going to tell... Do you have kids? Peons, too. Ooh, that's a good question. I do not know. I feel like they have kids. They should have kids i don't know i shouldn't assume these things or suggest those things also don't they just like every time they appear don't they look like a gender swap cosplay (laughs) yeah that's a good way of putting it they have two daughters and one son okay three ding 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 children do they vaccinate their kids that's a good question i'm gonna press x to doubt yeah well someone should ask him when it's not me i don't want to go anywhere near that guy I don't want to give him my number. <laughs> I want to just hide out in the bowl where hey, all the cool people are. We're going to give you our number really quick. Yeah, yeah. 8168 Yes, that's right. That's our voicemail number. If you ever want to leave a comment, ask, ask a question, or just uh, bullshit on, any of those are acceptable here at Bowl After Bowl. We're all just hanging out after all. You can call us, 816-607-3663. That's uh, 816-607-DOOF. Uh, doof. For an alternative, uh, fun way to remember it. Just remember the doof. And if you're voice shy, you can send us a text. You can send us a text. You can send pictures. That's right. All of it works. All of it works. Um, We do a fun little topic to talk about every week. It's called First Time I Ever. And last week we had a lot of participation because everyone knows that the government's lying to us. And it was first time I ever realized the government lied to us. So this week, the topic is first time I ever saw the unlit part of the moon. I know that we worded it weirdly as like dark side of the moon on our tweet earlier. You cannot see the dark side of the moon from Earth, or rather the far side of the moon, the one that faces away from Earth. 
as it were. But yeah, we're what we're talking about is the unlit side of the moon. So we'll get into what the hell all that means and how it works and everything. But we just kind of want to hear the first time you ever saw it. If you see a little crescent moon, typically before and after the new moon, when it's just a sliver, uh, you can see as well the rest of the moon. Uh, sometimes you can even see the new moon, depending on where you're at and uh, if you know where the moon's at and everything. Catch it. Catch a glimpse of it. First time you ever saw that. Uh, bonus points for the oldest. I'm betting you will not win. Betting you won't win. Anyway, um, that and more on the voicemail one. Feel free to give us a ring. Ring ding ding. So while we're talking about the vid. Oh, yes. There were three states that reported 33 deaths this week due to the vid. Three states with 33 deaths? That's right. Jesus Christ. I would make you guess, but we could be here for a while. Hmm. Louisiana, New Mexico, and Massachusetts. I'll be damned. 33 deaths in their headlines. But that's not all for my top 333 this week. No. Um, R&B singer Jeremy. <laughs> I could be saying that totally wrong. It's probably Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy. Jeremy. J-E-R-E-M-I-H. Jeremy. Jeremy. I'm sticking with it. Okay. Well, he ended up in the ICU with COVID-19, but his family's reporting that he is home now and on the road to recovery. Did I mention he was 33 years old? You did just now. There you go. And then the other article that caught my eye this week for the 33 didn't have 33 in the title, but alluded to it, saying that one in three Americans, which is 33%, didn't vote. Should we force them to next time? Did you see this crap? No. Okay, because if they want my honest opinion about it, I think we should tell people, you know, if you don't pay attention to politics, you're not following this, please don't vote. Yeah. We if you're not educated, please don't vote. We shouldn't be reminding people as they're pulling ice cream out of the frozen aisle to vote. Uh, Agreed. You know, if you're voting, you're voting. What about the people sitting on the shitter? They no. don't need a reminder. They just what need to go poop. Every asshole logging into Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or no. any other fucking social Especially media site. Especially not those people. We don't need their input. <laughs> if they forget, good. We should make like a, a fuck voting. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> just a and that's the other thing. Next cycle. Just like, don't vote. Don't fucking vote. We definitely should. Just to uh, get some backlash. Because you also, know everybody would re about it. Not voting is a legitimate choice and option for people to make. Yeah, for sure. And there should be, like, this article is looking for a state to be a guinea pig where there would be compulsory voting. Like, no. Yeah, fuck that. I'm a free American. You know, American. The minute. American. You know what freedom means? The minute, the second, in fact, that voting becomes mandatory is the second I stop voting. Yeah, no shit. Fuck that. I do vote, and I vote in all of them, and uh, I got a lot of friends that don't vote. Most of my friends do, but I still have, you know, several that don't, more than more than I can count on one hand. And they do it for, uh, you know, for reasons of their own conviction, and that's that's fine. I think you should be able to go in and no vote, like, yeah, you should be able to officially not vote. I love that, a circle that's like, not voting. It's like, no, nobody is on this list that cuts the mustard. Put it on record. That I support none of these fucks. Yeah, I like that. You know, they, they say that if your vote mattered, they'd, they'd ban that too. Which we're seeing a lot this cycle. 
lots of fuckery, lots of shenanigans. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it before. It's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, evidence still piling up, still mounting. You know, any anything from dead people voting and the usual suspects to, to massive, massive mail-in ball- ballots sent out to previous residents, to current residents, to everything in between. If you moved, you could vote in your old state and your new state. In some cases, they're finding. But the biggest monster is this software issue that they're talking about. Dominion Voting Systems, able to uh, algorithmically manipulate vote totals to switch votes from one party to another, maybe even to weight votes Mm. so that you assign a value of, say, 0.75 to one vote and and 1.25 to another vote. Um... They have snapshots of the data where the vote totals are, they have like decimals in them. <laughs> it's like, wow, what the fuck is this? Fuckery. More and more coming out all the time. Um, Giant. Yeah, for the followers of this show, you you know that I've been shooting my mouth off in the Trumpy camp for, for a while now. And the reason is kind of just because there's a vacuum. There's a vacuum of support uh, and has been kind of since the election. It was like every... Republican Trumpy guy just kind of were like, well, I guess we lost, it's over. And they threw their MAGA hat in a dumpster and uh, turned on sports, just rolled over and gave up. Now, with in my opinion, what we are having right now is sort of a crisis of faith in the electoral process just as a fundamental exercise. And if we don't fix it this time, not only do I think that uh, the vote stops to matter, but like it's just... This is the last chance. We don't have a chance to fix it ever again. We're not going to get a guy like as nuts as Trump that's going to actually go for it and try to f- try to expose all the corruption and fraud that's going on. You're just not going to have a guy that's willing to fight that hard. You've got Republicans as high as the U.S. Senate asking him to concede already, asking him to help the transition. Do you remember the transition in 2016? Does anybody have a fucking memory better than a goldfish? Hello? Do you remember the unity from the Obama administration in 2016, 2017? I remember them spying on his fucking campaign. I remember them tapping wires at Trump Tower. I remember them using every alphabet agency at their disposal to try and entrap members of his cabinet incoming. That's the precedent that the Democrats have set. They've taught Trump to do that. That's what the... That's what he should be doing. Are you kidding me? These people are so full of their own bullshit. And it's incredible. It's incredible that they have the balls to tell everybody to unify, to get over it, to roll over, to concede. A lot of it coming from Republicans, man. And so that's why I will meme them to death. That's why I'm uh, all in. I'd rather look like an idiot and be wrong than to just roll over and be a bitch, to be honest with you. It's like giving the wallet. It's like giving the mugger your wallet. Fuck that. Come take it. Come cut me for it. Fuck that. This whole country was founded because a group of dudes were such lunatics that they declared independence from the crown, from Britain. They said, no, fuck you. Come get it. And that's what we celebrate. We don't celebrate the end of the Revolutionary War. We don't celebrate the surrender of the British crown. We don't celebrate even the ratification of the Constitution. What do we celebrate? We celebrate... The Declaration of Independence, because that's when the country was founded. It was founded upon a declaration. It was founded upon a simple statement. It was founded by men coming together and saying, these are the truths that are self-evident. We're free people, and if we're to be governed, it's by a mandate of 
our choosing, nothing short of it. So if we don't have a mandate, we don't have a government, we don't have a government that's recognized, and there's no fucking call for unity, and there's no Twitter fact check that's going to change any of that. Amen. Anyway, that's my fucking word. I'm so sick of the shit. I'm sick, really, of doomers on the right. The left, you know, you're going to get the left from the left. What are you going to fucking do? You're going to blame those people? I mean, they're so lost in their own whatever things they believe in. They're made up science and their uh, false ideals, their rules that they make for other people to follow that they don't have to follow, that, you know, what are you going to expect from them? I don't blame them. I blame the people who are fair-weather friends and fair-weather fans, and then the second that shit gets tough, they're nowhere to be found. Fuck that. I'm, I'm here to be found. If people are making lists to uh, put us all on trains after this, I better be on that fucking list. And it'll be funny to see what happens when you try to put me on that train. Come get me. Fuck any and all of that. Because this is the thing. It's a win-win versus a lose-lose. The lose-lose is the doubter right now. It says nothing will happen. It says Giuliani and Sidney Powell are clowns and they don't have shit. Because you could either be right, in which case, you know, you're standing next to me in a gulag in three years. Saying, huh, see, I told you. Told you this was going to happen. Uh, at which point I whip your ass and uh, take your meal rations for that day. Fuck you. Or you're wrong. And then, you know, you're totally forgotten. And you probably pretend for the rest of history that you knew all along. Or you could be like me. You could be cheering on against Every odds, yeah, we know what we're up against. Yeah, we know what's likely and what's unlikely. We know that the whole world is against us. We know that every power player, every media conglomerate is against us. We know that all the social media companies, the the Silicon Valley companies are against us. We know the billionaire class and the elites are against us. But fuck them. You know, we have something to fight for here in the country. We have a future and a country to fight for, for our children. And I've got kids. They're incredibly young. They're not going to remember any of this mask shit. Hopefully, if it all goes away soon enough. But I have a future for them to fight for. So there's two There's two possibilities. Either I'm wrong, and I wind up in the fucking gulag, saying, hey, did everything I could, or I'm right, and I get to shove it up your ass for the rest of all time. To me, that's a win-win. Leaving it all on the field. Taking the risks. Um, and, you know, the cheering only matters when it gets uncomfortable. It's easy to cheer on a guy when he's walking in on sunshine it's that's the easy time who cares it's inconsequential now's the time where you know trumpy needs a little bit of help trumpy needs a little bit of, of of belief it's a mindset people if that's the future that you want then seize it march toward it declare it the whole country started on a declaration once you make a declaration don't go wandering into a future that you don't want because every word that leaves your lips is a magic spell that you're casting yeah, don't even imagine it. I reject all of that, because that's not the future I want. I also find it hard to believe people like Sidney Powell would put their entire reputation on the line for nothing. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a, these people have reputations forged over decades, and to throw it all away for eight or nine weeks of hype is just not how, it law- it's not how lawyers work, really. Yeah, it doesn't um, make any sense. I mean, certain ones, but like, just total ambulance chasers. Nobody that gets prolific, you know? I mean, Lynn Wood, L. Lynn Wood is the king of the underdog. He's the lawyer for the underdog. Attorney of the damned, as Dan Rather called him, after he saved Richard Jewell's ass in a number of different defamation suits. Currently is uh, suing the pants off of everybody who slandered Nick Sandman for wearing a hat and smiling in Washington, D.C. 
the people behind this stuff are not lightweights, man. These are some of the heaviest hitting attorneys of our age. And the language that they're using is not wishy-washy <laughs> by any means. Uh, Cindy Powell says this is going to be biblical. She says that she already released the Kraken, which a lot of people are speculating is a reference to uh, Department of Defense cyber warfare tools used to track and uh, monitor what's going on and who's sending what where. But we'll all see, you know. The uh, original statement Jones made after the election it was the, uh, what was it, 87 days of hell or whatever it was? Mm. That's from election yeah. day to inauguration day. And, uh, you know, we're about three weeks in. It's like day 22 of that. Day 21, 22, somewhere in there. So we got a long ways to go. And a lot of people are like, oh, nothing's happening. It's still not happening. I mean, in the timeline, it's still sort of early yet. We're not even a third of the way to inauguration. If you take uh, D-Day zero as uh, election day, then there's still a ways to go. And... Almost nothing significant has happened to change anything. I said a while ago, praying mantis energy was the way to go. You know, be still, wait, keep your eyes and ears open. And watch. Perhaps there's a moment to strike. Perhaps there's a moment that uh, some nobody or a large group of nobodies can do something. What is it? I don't know. When is it? I don't know. Where is it? I don't know. You're not going to know. You're not going to know until the moment presents itself. But I have a hard time believing you're not going to know when the moment does present itself. And until then, it's just post up and watch and wait. You know, you can relax and still be ready. Those things are not mutually exclusive. And that's what I'm doing. Heavy relaxation this week especially. You know, it's nice because we had the uh, week off at Centric. It's a self-paced week. So I got a uh, a little opportunity and some time to catch up on my portfolio projects that we've been assigned to make. Get a couple of websites to build and uh, a dungeon crawler application that I'm working on. Should be fun. And um, it's really nice because when you're in class every day, for me, class is just a drain on the fuel tank. And by the time I'm done, I'm just about out of fuel. And then I have like homework assignments to do, which have never been my forte, even when I was a little kid in kindergarten, first grade, second grade. Throughout my whole schooling, experience. It was always the homework that got me. Not because it was particularly hard, but just because you had to do it and I didn't really want to sit down and focus and do it. Um, so that's been the biggest challenge, obviously, going back to school. Still have the same, I still have the same uh, weaknesses. Well, yeah, because it's like you sit in class all day and then what? You're supposed to sit and do your homework for the rest of the day? Like Yeah, in the same chair that smells like my ass. It's like... <laughs> God damn it. Sitting in it for too long, you know? Yeah. Too fucking long. I just need to uh, get up, walk upstairs, walk around, play with my kids, have a time. And this is nice. This is nice to have a self-paced week because of that relaxation. It was so needed. I literally didn't do anything yesterday. I didn't listen to nothing. I watched like a couple movies with the kids. That was it. Rest, rejuvenate, relax. And give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks, because it's important. The The uh, way of the Tao is non-action. And uh, through doing nothing, you leave nothing undone. The point of non-action is to <laughs> really solve all the world's problems. Hmm. And um, when you can get past the paradox of it, or the very uh, logical fallacies that bring it up, what it means, what it doesn't mean, um, inaction is really a big part of... Uh, the proper flow of life, of the way, 
the way that uh, most things in nature work. Gravity, centrifugal force, lots of physics. Um, it's important to know when to relax and when to stop and when to take it easy. And I think that uh, this Thanksgiving week is one hell of a time to really take stock of what we've got and what uh, we should be grateful for. And I think that it's been such a laid-back, good, comfy time for so long that we really have lost a lot of, like, gratitude. Mm. We have no idea how good we have it, and perhaps that's going to change here in the very near future. Um, That's what I'm thankful for. I'm just thankful for freedom to even be able to talk my shit right now because the second that goes away, (laughs) I'm going to go away, and uh, I don't know where I'll pop back up or when or why, but... I can tell you that I'm not going down into some kind of tyrannical situation without a big fat fucking fight. And I would hope that a hell of a lot of people are behind me with uh, on that same uh, same wavelength. I am. I'll be there. I'll be there. Just like not wearing masks. Fuck masks. Masks, man. Fuck the masks. You can still kind of walk in and walk out in most places, though. If you just do your shit. Yeah. People just pretend like you don't even... Like you're not even there. Yeah. And then you go to self-checkout so no one even can bust your nuts about it. No one likes confrontation. No. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> P- there are people that uh, thrive on confrontation. Yep. But I'm not one of them. <laughs> I love confrontation, bro. I fucking savor it. Yeah, nature Mike fucking savors it. This is going to keep going. You brought this on yourself, man. feel sorry for anybody who brought it on themselves. Kind of. But then again, mm-hmm. that's the whole point, isn't it? <laughs> Wear a mask, get the COVID. Yeah. I think it's linked. Or just respiratory illness of some sort. Can't be good. Can't be good. Wearing a diaper on your face all day. No, I'm thinking not. Yeah. Yeah. But there is some good news. I love good news. Christmas is uncancelable. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Fauci said that Santa Claus is immune from COVID-19 because of his stellar... Immune system. Damn. See, that's <laughs> another thing that I have See? in common with Santa Claus. Eating cookies and drinking milk. That's all you need. Balance the cookies with the milk. Mr. Fauci. So clever, that man. What a guy. Don't defend any of the other holidays, but Christmas. Christmas goes on because of Santa. We won't talk about Christ our Lord and Savior, but Santa. Oh, well. It made me want to puke. See that, honestly? <laughs> I was like, really? Kai's a bit of an asshole. I can't stand that guy. That Fauci motherfucker. Yeah. Think about it. Santa coming in and out of all these houses. It's a good thing he can't catch COVID because he would be a super spreader. Super spreader indeed. I guess he would stay six feet away though as long as everyone's in bed. Yeah, I mean, you know? uh, if you gotta be a you gotta be asleep for him to show up, so Yeah. Yeah, so I think we're good. I think it doesn't even matter if Santa has COVID. Now, here's the question. If you're immune, can you still carry and spread? What is immune? Like after getting a vaccine? I mean, either after getting a vaccine or, or after, after having it. had it and then developing antibodies. I mean, mm, I the think. the antibodies, the purpose of that is for them to attack the virus. And so you would expect that to just die in your system and not be able to replicate and not be able to spread. Well, but everyone has seems to have a different opinion. Yeah, I believe I remember seeing an article about a guy in China who got COVID twice, but the second time was asymptomatic, but could still spread it. Or at least that's the fear porn that they were handing out was like, just because you got it doesn't mean you can't get it again and spread it still. 
Yeah. So it's all nonsense. I mean, what about the flu? What about literally anything else? Just move over every other illness and ailment. It's just COVID this year. And people are freaking out. Oh, yeah. it's the- Well, you know, Biden voters are freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Uh, it's a, it's a- the only thing that makes me freak out is keeping families apart. Yeah. Well, and covering your face for social interaction. There seems to be a lot of different pushes, especially to attack it this hard during the holidays. It's like they don't want to get us together and have anybody talking about anything. That's a good point. Everyone talks about the unprecedented nature of all this shit. Oh, this is unprecedented. But a lot Mm. of it's not. Yeah. A lot of it's history repeating itself. You should look up uh, the toilet paper shortages during the rise of communism in other countries because it's something that happens oh, uh, when they try to install communism into your government software. They want to watch you. They want to trace where you go. They want to limit your gathering. It's kind of funny because I, I want to think that this is a bit of a double-edged sword as far as the, you know, there's no big musical acts touring, haven't been all year. There's no significant, huge um, sports games going on. Sports seasons have been canceled. And it just makes me wonder how much more difficult right now it is to launder money because the criminal cabals, even those, even like just your run-of-the-mill drug cartel, whether it's foreign or domestic, all of those guys need to launder money. And at these big events where all this money is flying in and out, those prime opportunities, especially when people are bringing cash, for cleaning money. So you have to imagine it's gotten incredibly more difficult to wash a lot of that cash, the there's probably just warehouses of cash just building up and building up because the the bottleneck on the money laundering thing. Yeah, you're probably right. Reminds me of Ozark when yeah. Ario Speedwagon uh, makes a guest appearance at that dentist convention, and they're like, "Hey, this guy wants us to launder a hundred thousand dollars for him. You down? Yeah, that's cool." Ozark <laughs> is one of those great shows where it's like it's definitely fictionalized and Hollywooded and like. You know, dude gets away with way more than what he's able to probably get away with in real life in terms of fucking with the cartels or whatever. But it also is a big insight into like how the whole money laundering gig works. And a lot of that shit is legit and like based on how it really works. Kind of like how House of Cards is kind of based upon how slimy and sleazy the uh u.s political system is and how power works how like mm-hmm. high power works uh here and really in a lot of parts of the world it kind of makes me wonder almost if that's one of the reasons that that show got pulled is they were just giving too much away huh. <laughs> i always wonder i'm always curious i don't know i did notice that bad things happen to people who accuse a uh, kevin spacey of doing bad things to them though yeah, that, <laughs> the risk goes way up, like, right about right as they're about to testify, too. Yeah, you're right. It seems to be, like, hmm. peak time for, like, accidents to happen. Fucking crazy. Super crazy. Welp, we have family members in um, quarantine, and we had a Thanksgiving Zoom call, which was super lame. Yeah, I'm already on Zoom for Centric. Ugh. Which pisses me off. Yeah, fuck Zoom. And then 
uh, my mom decides to zoom. She wants to see the girls instead of coming over. She lives about a mile and a half from me. <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen her since in September. Something like that. Yeah, a while. And, uh, oh well, what can you do? What can you do? People are too afraid of their own family members to see them. But luckily, your dad's around. We see him on a weekly basis, and we will give thanks with him. Yes. Because everyone else is too scared. The, uh, but I've just been so <laughs> caught up in school and all this other shit. Um, as the gathering bands go up, my desire to gather goes up, obviously. Um, some bowlers in the chat are saying, like, they're harmonies. Rick Brandon, not too big on gatherings. But with the horse shit going on, he's tempted to have another gathering just to be a dick. Yeah, just to stick it in their eye. Um, it's kind of like what I was saying earlier with like mandatory voting. The second voting's mandatory, you can bet your ass I'm not going to do it um, and resist any kind of fine associated with it. Fuck that. The First Amendment protects like any of that. You cannot compel my speech. None of your vote is your speech. Um I'm still looking to come up with some kind of the next KC meetup for No Agenda meetups. And we what we're thinking of is probably like a mid-December or some sort of a gift exchange, doing like a white elephant thing. And I think the rule will have to be white elephant is preferred. And like for people who don't know what a white elephant is, it's like it's some shit that you already have. It's not like all $15 limit, go to Walmart and buy something. No, it's like something that you have that you're not going to miss, but that will be kind of maybe amusing to to give as a gift. The, I would say, exception, some people are just like minimalist since they don't have like a bunch of shit lying around like I do. <laughs> and it might be harder for you to find something to bring. And in that case, I would suggest buying something consumable. Ooh, uh, I like that. Something you can eat, drink, or spend. Gift card would be probably the lamest, easiest way out, but... I'm thinking more along the line of like a bottle of liquor or something like that. Something that can be used or ideally white elephant, ideally something that you have that's laying around that's kind of hilarious that you don't really need, but you still have it. Mac and cheese. And Jesus H. <laughs> Christ, I have a lot of things like that. I could give any any number of things as a white elephant just that are here on my desk. That's true. We're maximalists. I've got this Y2K snow globe that's kind of funny. Yeah. I'm not really married to it. Just some dumb shit, you know, that you find at Savers and you pay $3 for. <laughs> because it amuses you in that moment. And you know it's like not really a big loss. Oh, yeah. You got that 20% off coupon from donating to. Yeah, you drop off you your dropped off pile of bullshit <laughs> so you can buy some new bullshit. Yeah. I like that. Wadham suggests a bag of jerky. See, now that's Ooh. that's what I'm thinking. Something something that will be appreciated, but will be consumed as well. Your dad had that Bloody Mary jerky. That was pretty good. Yeah, you know, the first bite I was just kind of like, yeah, this is stupid. And then as I was chewing on it, it was like the after flavor. And then it got spicy. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, shoot. Oh. It was spicier than that jalapeno jerky that we had bought on the road probably ended up eating like a fucking quarter ounce of it yeah i i ate a lot <laughs> cap nomin oh so good it so was pretty good. good oh you know what does not sound good though what a grow your own human steak kit what in the... did you see this shit i feel like you mentioned that to me in okay passing. i want to preface this 
with, I refuse to live in a pod, I refuse to eat bugs, and I am certainly not eating human meat, no matter how you try to sell it to me. And even if you say it's not technically cannibalism, because I could argue that it technically is. This was a project in London done for the sake of art. It's on commission by the Philadelphia Museum of Art. It was on exhibit last year. Do you see this picture? It is absolutely disgusting. Do you all okay. see that? <laughs> is my eyes deceiving me? Is my eyes deceiving me? But that's like flesh that grows in a little culture dish. And then they expect you to eat it. Let me see what it looked like. Okay, it's, uh, let's see. Now they say, well, they're relying on like fetal bovine serum and animal cell cultures. And uh, that's made using... Uh, Calf fetus blood after pregnant cows are slaughtered. Ugh. This it's is just, serious. Like, okay, Lynn Wood said something about you're going to be shocked about the Satanists who were added here. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I will not be shocked. They are all around us. And this kind of shit is just like, why? Really? Why? And then why is it being peddled? It's in my algorithm. You know? Um, let's see. That's nasty for sure. You grow steaks made from human cells. Okay, I. I know what a steak looks like, and none it's, of those things no. are steaks. No, they look like um, that you have there pulled up on the screen. They look like uh, they look like skin that's been like cut off of someone. Um, it just makes me sick. Throw it in the bowl. Oh yeah, I'll throw it in the chat. See, this is why you should be in the bowl. You should be in the bowl Tuesday nights. Puke worthy. It's disgusting. It looks like a horror movie. Try um, to find a picture of a steak in that whole fucking story. No, you can't. And then. Probably the sickest thing is, like, the company's name is Ouroboros, which, of course, is the snake eating its own tail Yeah, in, like, the never-ending cycle. And that in itself is, like, isn't that kind of, like, a cannibalistic symbol, if you think about it? The snake's eating itself. Okay? Just gross. Just gross. I don't, I don't even care if it's fake. I don't care if what I'm looking at is fake. It makes me want to puke. Really gross. Gross stuff here. And, like, grow your own food at home with this, like, you have to use this, like, blood mixture to grow it. No. No, thank you. And it's this kind of shit that's just, like, who do they think we are? Really? Disrespectful. I mean, they know who we are. Most of us are just go-along Joes that will fucking... Even the people who disagree will just throw their hands up and say, what can I do? And then turn football on. Well, then there's some people that would be like, oh, I'll try it. Yeah. Well, that's different. Uh, no. No. And also. Yeah. Like the Whopper commercial where they sneak people into eating a fucking fake Whopper. I would punch. Punch them. <laughs> yeah. That motherfucker right in the throat. If they were like, oh, it's not really a burger. I would punch him in the throat. Oh, did you see on the flip side, Arby's made a carrot out of meat? No. Yeah. I think it was Arby's. And the, someone made a, a carrot. It looks like a carrot, but it's meat. I was like, fuck yeah. That's kind of funny. You do it. That's that's what they get. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yeah. Yeah. Arby's. Arby's confirmed. I don't know. If you if you grow the steak, then I've got fucking problems already. Ah, isn't it gross? Just that phrasing. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, genetically modified, disgusting, Yuck, just culturing gross. cells in a just petri dish. Let me go to the farm, pick up some fresh slaughtered cow, and enjoy myself, okay? That's another scam that's like huge is 
Farm Fresh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Farm Fresh. Farm Fresh. Um, I hate to tell you this, but the second that they put it on a fucking FedEx truck, it's not Farm Fresh. No. You're not getting a Farm Fresh box delivered to your door. If you want Farm Fresh, that that entails you getting your fat ass to the farm to get it fresh. That's right. That's how Farm Fresh works. Better if you grow it at your own farm. Hell Which yeah. can be tiny. You don't have to have a huge ass farm. Do it on less than an acre. That's true. That farm we stayed at in Indianapolis was pretty small too. It was pretty small. What was that, three acres? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, less than five though, I remember. Um, and they had all sorts of good stuff going on. And they were making money. Also being on Airbnb helps. Mm-hmm. Uh something weird's going on in Toronto. Did you see another this? day, another weird thing in Toronto? <laughs> yeah, what can you do? Oh yeah, this is <laughs> that Ghostbusters type shit going on, right? Yeah, there was a sinkhole that started oozing a glowing green liquid. Good fucking god! City officials are pretty quick though to say, "Oh, it's just non-toxic dye." Someone's just being funny, and I'm just not sure if I buy that or not. That's a lot of dye to buy. You see this? Uh, yeah, the word. I'll throw it in the bowl. The word non-toxic doesn't come to mind with those pictures. <laughs> Seriously. Glowing. Glowing being the key It looks word. like fucking like, Ghostbusters, bro. Yeah. Or like uh, whatever Scarecrow tried to do to Gotham. Or, you know, some shit like that. Exactly. Good but yeah, the slime. The, the things that we don't know that are just going on right under our streets, right behind oh. closed doors, right in the neighbor's house. It's fucking mind-boggling, man. It's crazy, and it really is crazy. It's wild. Who knows? Who knows, man? You know, another, uh, to go along with what's going on under our feet, how about the city scam to buy insurance for the sewers? Oh, yeah, I get that mailed to me all the fucking time. They've lowered the price, though, from $46 a month down to only 8 because for two years you've been ignoring them, and they're so desperate. They're like, we'll just give it to you for 8 just $8 a month. If I ignore them either longer, maybe they'll pay me to get it. Exactly. That's what I'm hoping. Fucking assholes. Yeah, so just like everywhere, um, you own the pipes connecting your house to, you know, the grid, the plumbing grid, as it were, the water grid. So the uh, sewage pipes. And yeah, if they happen to break and screw up, then you're on the hook for the repair because that's the part that you own. The city here... um, had a familial relationship between a city council member and one of these insurance companies that will insure your pipes. So frequently they will send out solicitations to buy this um, sewer insurance on the city letterhead. So the envelope has the city logo, city of Kansas City, on the fucking envelope, and they send it to you like it's official city mail, and then they word the letter as though you're required to have this shit when it's an optional insurance policy. And be on the lookout because it's going on in other cities too. And you can add, by the way, um, a similar thing to your homeowners. You just ask about it and get covered. Oh, that's good info. For dollars. Yeah. For dollars a year. Yeah, don't pay these scumbags. But these motherfuckers always are sending that to me. It's the thing I throw out the most. Good news. Very good news. Oh? Letter Kenny season nine is coming out December twenty sixth. December twenty sixth. And don't even have to wait for the new year. Nice execution. You're doing terrific. Damn straight. Hopefully they will be able to do their US tour 
next year and come to Kansas City like they had planned. That would be pretty tight. Got totally fucked out of. You went to nose beers? The Booker Sugar? The Chingy? The Cola? You went to ecstasy? Uh, Rosie Posey. The beans? The disco biscuits? Do not tell me you've come here looking for pot. Seriously. <laughs> pot? Here? What are you thinking? It's good shit. That about wraps it up for my uh, world news Titties and <laughs> segment. Weed. You, you come go, here for uh, the weed, you stay for the titties. I think we should go behind the curtain if we're going to talk like this. Uh-oh. All right. Yeah. So the stoners are, you know, everyone's starting to put their Christmas decorations up. Sure. And um, I think that's pretty normal. Yeah. You know, we're only a week before December. Some people do like day after Thanksgiving. They'll like that's how I usually do. Do it. their Black Friday shopping extra early, and then get home, and then do Christmas decorations. I think that's like huh. the most common way to do it. And I do think that for the past few years, I've seen Christmas decorations coming out around the same time in early October as Halloween decorations. Which you know, whatever. I guess they want. They know it's a money maker, so whatever. You you're talking about in the stores. In the stores, yes. Not people decorating. People did still decorate. Some people decorated for Halloween this year. Yeah, there were a few of them. (laughs) There are a few, few of us out there hanging on. But I saw some uh, stony like DIY Christmas decorations online, and one of them is like. You know those plastic or glass ornaments for the tree where you can unscrew the top and then put stuff in it, like glitter or feathers or whatever you want? Mm-hmm. Someone took one of those and then just filled it with nugs. I was like, well, I mean, if you use it to like store it there, but if you're going to just like put it away and leave them forever, that's an awful waste. Yeah, that is an awful waste. <laughs> Fuck. Oh. <sighs> Ooh, phone boy's wife put up no Halloween decorations and went straight for Christmas this year in November. Well, that's one way to do it. Yeah. I like the Christmas decorations. For me, it's never too early to put them up. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's too late to leave them up. Unless, unless it's exterior lights on your house. I don't fucking care if you leave those up all year. <laughs> Mine have been up for three years. Oh. Um... Anybody who tells you otherwise, have them climb up to the fucking roof and put that shit on. It's a pain in the ass is what it is. And there was the broken ankle incident, and I was seven months pregnant, so I wasn't climbing up there. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just like... It's all right. We'll switch them out this year. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure they don't work after all the freezing and the stuff that's going on. We had that one treacherous winter, three days, no power. Oh, God. That was a good time. That's that's the broken ankle, seven months pregnant winter. We cooked uh, potatoes and something else in the oven. Hot the fireplace, dogs didn't cooking we? in a fireplace. Yeah, hot dogs. Oh and yeah, hot potatoes. Dogs. Hot dogs I think and we baked got some, potatoes. Like, chili. And, yep, can yeah. of chili. Yeah, cooked right in the fireplace, man. Oh yeah, you can do it. Kiss my ass. We're I'm ready for that OTG job. life. That's right. What are you gonna do to us? They're not gonna waste their time looking for us when we're out in the woods. I'll tell you that. And if they do find us, they'll wish they didn't. Fucking A. <laughs> Better send a goddamn army. But, you know, you mentioned Black Friday. Well, Green Wednesday is tomorrow, folks. Hey. Better be going to bed early if you live in a legal state so you can wake up before the sun comes out and get all those deals. Smoke weed every day. Smoke weed every day. Cheap weed. Give thanks. Indulge for 
your brethren in states where it's uh, not recreational. <laughs> Fuck, some states don't even have medical or anything still. I should probably try it. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, it's federally illegal everywhere, too, so. That's right. There's that. We pointed out a lot on the show, but it's always worth mentioning. If you have legal weed, you don't. <laughs> the shit's illegal in all 50 states. Yeah. And uh, speaking of that, there are, we mentioned last week um, a lawsuit in Montana, a state that just passed an adult use market initiative. Um, So there was an opposition lawsuit that got filed there. There are now two more opposition lawsuits. Uh Uh-oh. They're piling on, huh? Oh, three. Now there's three. Ooh, breaking news. In other states that also passed some weed initiatives, you know, in November on Election Day. I think I saw it was uh, Tom Angle pointing it out that uh, in one of these states, the lawsuits being brought by some kind of a government task force entity. Uh, oh. So it's a ta- like a tax, essentially it's a taxpayer funded lawsuit. Whoa. Or there's taxpayer funding at least behind it, if not fully. But they're suing the state, so the defense is the state, so the defense is also taxpayer-funded. So essentially the taxpayers are funding uh, a anti-drug group to sue the state. They're paying the state to defend said lawsuit, and the lawsuit is over <laughs> the what the taxpayers just decided at the polls. Yeah. It's fucking crazy town. Fuck that. This is how our government works, though. Yeah. So Mississippi, Montana, Arizona, South Dakota... I'll deal in with this malarkey. And we'll see how it goes. I mean, if any of them are arguing, well, it's federally illegal, so it's still illegal here. Uh, they're not wrong. They're not wrong, but... Uh, but fuck that. State, you know, it's not states' like, rights. It's not like there's no precedent. Exactly. It was, it was 33 states before this cycle. Now I think we're up to 37 or 8, something like that. Many states. It's a lot. It's a lot of states, so this is, it's mean, actually rare to not have some sort of a state law lib, uh, liberalizing the cannabis laws in your state. Yeah. There's just a few holdouts now. Exactly. And um, it is like, it seems like it should just be noted as a non-issue at this point in time. There's plenty of studies that show an overwhelming majority of Americans don't give a shit about weed. Uh, You know. Plenty of studies that show weed's not a gateway drug in the way that the government tried to propagandize it. Uh, If anything, it's the gateway to the cops finding more drugs in your car because they can smell it and then they have the right to search. Well, I mean, especially if you grew the plant yourself and you know everything about it, like you went from seed to dirt to plant. It's probably worse shit for you in your fucking bowl of Frosted Flakes than there is in the weed. Oh, for sure. Way worse stuff in there. Cancerous stuff. That's why you smoke the weed. To stop the cancer from growing. So you can enjoy your Frosted Flakes. (laughs) It's good shit. But yeah. Phone Boy points out, it's a fucking weed. There should be no laws against it at all. And I feel that way for all plants. Is it a plant? Right. Did God put it here? For us to enjoy? Well, I think so. My contrarian stance since like my kind of later days in the in the more active part of the cannabis movement to today 
which is that the the whole legalization movement has been just fighting for more laws, extra laws, more and more and more laws, when, you know, the direction should be to be less laws, less laws. No, they want to tax and regulate. They want to tax and regulate. Baby steps. Baby steps. No. Baby steps really even closer to tyranny, if you think about it. It's terrible. It's really awful. They want to track the sale from seed to sale. They well, want to tell you how much you can have, how much you can smoke, what kind you can smoke, how potent it can be. Yeah, put your name you in can, a new database so you can even buy it. Who you can buy it for, from, what reason you have to have before you can buy it in most cases, because most states are medi. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you can go with it after you buy it, where you can smoke it, where you can't smoke it, who you can smoke it in front of, who you can't smoke it in front of, what you can smell like, where you can smell like that. How to store it. Uh, but even recreational states, some of them, they'll scan your ID when you're buying shit, so it's like just all being tracked. That could be a gulag offense eventually because, you know, it's federally illegal. Then they got your name in a database, they seen you bought it. That's why I really don't like uh, to get a card. No. Be in the, uh, you know. Fuck it. System of known users. I mean, fuck. If they don't know I'm using by now, then I ain't paying the fuck attention. <laughs> then they're worthless. <laughs> <laughs> always thought that. Always thought, man, if I'm not on a list, lists don't exist, man. Seriously. Or somebody's just fucking lazy. But hey. Who knows? If, if I'm I mean, saved by incompetence or laziness in government, I'm okay with that. Totally. I'd rather have a lazy, incompetent government than an overzealous, competent government. Agreed. Let's see. Maine made $1.4 million in sales in their first month. Cha-ching, Because you know, as well as I know, that this is a recession-resistant market. Yep. It's like, oh, I'm trapped at home and can't go to work and I might get sick. Yep. Yeah, I guess I'll smoke pot. Well, and what I think is also seldom pointed out is even in the medi states, if a dude buys a, an ounce, he can probably take that ounce home and uh, make his money back Ooh, just off point. of his friends. Because, I mean, what, is Maine a medi state? They're not full wreck, are they? Mm, that's a good question. <coughs> Any listeners in Maine? But regardless, up or down, you know, some guys don't even want to go into the shop. Other guys will be too lazy to go into the shop. And sometimes you're just going to do a bulk, uh, you know, you got three roommates or something like that. And so what? They They just started selling recreational. Okay. So those are their rec numbers. Yep. That makes sense. Yes. Yep. For whatever reason, you know, you can always save people the trip. That's right. The Emerald Market. The emerald market, the as black they market say, yes. Into the emerald market, so. Your emerald <laughs> market at work. But hey, pot's a moneymaker. Not sure why uh, federal government hasn't, well, you know, they like control and shit. They do, they do. Um, I mean, the whole. And money laundering again, you That's know? the whole genesis of the entire fucking drug war itself. The first law ever federally passed was the, uh. Marijuana Tax Stamp Act. Hello. Hi. How you doing? It always starts with some fucking tax. With old Big Gov trying to get their slice. Getting their slice of the cheddar, man. They want a piece of everything. Like the most giant mafia in existence. Offering you protection for a fee. 
Yeah, so they can just bash your head in. Yeah. Every once in a while, they have to no. kick your ass to remind you that you need the protection. It's fucking silly. Fuck it's silly. They need protection from us. That's how the fucking shit's supposed to work, not the other way around. But it's again, it comes back to mindset. It comes back to basic civics. It comes back to, do you know that? If you hear something like that and your first thought was, yeah, you can't really take any government. You can't really um, resist. You can't, I mean, they have tanks. <laughs> well, you already lost. Yeah. You know who else Gave had tanks? Gave up before you started. The chinks in Tiananmen Square had tanks. Guess yeah. what? The Chinese stood up to that bullshit. Did he get run over? I think he got ran over. I think he got ran over. But guess what else he did? Became a symbol. Mm-hmm. You can resist, and it's like powerful. You know, that's the beauty of your freedom and and what we conceptualize as your soul. Like they can't take that. They cannot take it unless you give it to them. You, it can, you be, can give it. Can it be to given them? away, but it cannot be taken by force. True. Can't. It's not how souls work, and it's not how like liberty and dignity work. Your freedom can only be surrendered willingly. If you if you choose to stand and if you say, no, you got to come and take it, they might come take your life or your property or whatever, your body, your person. But uh, if you stand and say, no, <laughs> over my dead body, like, like, where do you think that phrase comes from? To die on your feet rather than live on your knees. Give me liberty or give me death. You know, all of that means something. And the reason for that, it's a magical purpose behind it. It's because there's you can't steal it. If you just call no stealsies on your liberty, then they have to kill you and they still haven't stolen it. Worse things than dying, people. I promise you that. Ain't that the truth? Did you see this um, Florida high school teacher who lost his job because he's a medical uh, pot user? He's a... No, I did not. Marine combat veteran. Mm. Uh, he was in the Gulf War. And some kids got into a fight in the hallway and he threw himself between them and stopped it and then because he did that uh for some reason the school decided to piss test him jesus and they must have a zero tolerance policy or something so he lost his freaking job for using pot in a medically legal state you know a few states are trying to kind of prevent that with language in their bills but it just kind of depends and it's not always possible but no, and also fuck really, working for an employer that's like that. That's what it's going to come down to is a market response. And the problem with that, like it's really easy to market respond with boycotts and stuff because we're all familiar with that. But so so few people think about employment and work as transactional. We come in right back to mindset, but I don't know. Maybe this is radical, but I've always treated jobs as transactional, as, you know, I mean, think about your employer isn't going to think twice about replacing you and getting a new employee, just hiring the next goon on the street. And likewise, you should not think twice about replacing them and going and filling a thing out and getting another job. I mean, and the jobs I always treated this way were kind of revolving door jobs, service industry. You can bartend. If you bartend somewhere, you can bartend pretty much anywhere. If you do it right, you know, if you apply and, you know, talk experience and that kind of thing. I've always had a sort of affinity for applying to jobs. I feel like once the interview comes, then it's like, that's where you want to be. If you can get scheduled an interview, then the rest is gravy. But that's how it has to be, you know? So you can choose to uh, work for whoever you want to work for. I remember when I first 
got hired for Apple when I was in college. We had campus reps, which were basically Apple salesmen that would sell you a laptop as you were an incoming freshman, like the summer before you started school. And it was just the juiciest sales job ever because half the schools are already required to buy a, a Mac anyway. So you're just pretty much helping them pick out which one they want. And uh, on the application itself, when I applied, there was a checkbox and it said, would you, as a condition of employment, submit to a drug or alcohol screening? And I checked no, because no, fuck that. And um, they still called me back. They hired me. They didn't ask me a, a word about that in the interview. They also didn't ask me to piss. Um, and I got the job, regardless of any of the rest of it. But I don't know. I felt like if that box is on there and it's like yes or no, then no. The answer is exactly. no. Exactly. No. Just say no. To piss they test. were trying to do that at a grocery store that I worked at. They were going to piss test people, and a lot of people made us think about it because they would have probably had to have gotten rid of three-quarters of the staff, I would say. Just a rough guess if they actually piss test everyone at this grocery store that I worked at at the time. Um, but a lot of us had our own little fucking griefs and shoutbacks about it. But I, I, what I told them was, I'll piss in a cup if you hold it in your mouth. <laughs> they didn't take you up on that, huh? Go on didn't take kindly to it but uh, I wasn't the only one saying outrageous shit to them about it so they decided not to impl implement it yeah piss test big no thanks now I guess I should qualify and say like as, as far as like running through jobs obviously the goal is to create something that you love that you're doing for a long time for people that you love so yes. ideally you know it's not gonna fly but what we're talking about is punishing bad actors with your uh actions and decisions you can vote way more than just at a polling place every four years or two years or you know if you go to every election then like about four times a year something like that two to four um just depending on what type of year it is and what sessions are in or out if there's a special election called but there are several every year um if you vote in all the local shit your county and all that but that's just like a tiny little sliver and probably the least significant one. And I think that's why they market it at the opposite way. They think that like that's the most important civic duty you can do. If you want to just do one extra layer that's like super easy and accessible and anyone can do, go to your city hall and sign up to drop a public comment just on anything, just whatever. And then do it again like in two weeks and then do it again like the week after Then do it again like once a month. You can do that anytime at all. And all of a sudden, you're up there, you're saying your piece, they have to listen to you, they get to know you, like you or not, it's kind of irrelevant. And then uh, you're going to be asked questions of media that come to all those things too, eventually. There's a lot that you can do that people just don't want you to know about or want to make it inconvenient, and it really is inconvenient, it's not the easiest. But there's plenty of access, and your vote is like... <laughs> Your vote is like a potato chip on the great uh, menu of flexing nuts. We did have uh, Mr. Rick Brandon talking a little bit about being interested in running for city council on the No Agenda Socials, which is super cool. And I encourage yeah. that. I will help you in any way I can from here if you decide to do that. And I'll also come down a few times for door knocking, too. We'll go down there because that would be tight. Just even to just to run. I don't know how... Joplin politics works at all, but that's where we met, Lauren and I. That's right. So there's a bit of magic there. And, uh, yeah, we're going to help you. I don't know, I don't really have experience with running candidacy campaigns. All of my stuff is like uh, ballot initiatives that I know about. 
but might uh, might know a couple of people. And it's interesting. It's uh, it's always fun to just run a race at least because you get to, you know, pick a platform. You get to say, hey, if I was in charge, this is the way I would do it. And it's an awesome exercise just to meet people and spread your ideas regardless of the outcome. Yeah, definitely. We need good people in government. Mm-hmm. And it only works if uh, the good people do something, you know. Even if it's just, like, cheerleading, whatever, you know. I would rather, because that's how it happens. That's how you actually change the world as you set about to do so, or you're, like, at least open to what it needs to be. You, The first step in making the world better is knowing what a better world is. So you have to have that concept. Um, the second step is to get over that hump of it will never get better. Because if that's what you decide then that's what your actions dictate, and then that's your contribution. That's what you're, you are actually casting the spell of it never getting better. Just by mm. adopting that mindset and that attitude, it'll never get better. Well, that's partly your fault. I mean, that you're one of the ones to blame for that, just by saying it. Just by you telling me it'll never get better, Like that's the kind of shit I have to fight against. That's the kind of shit that yeah, it will is get making better. me walk through quicksand through this world. Of course it'll get better, man. It ends good. The ending is good. Hell yeah, good always wins. Good will always triumph. It might take a long ass fucking time. We might slip back into evil, but only if we all like just sit around, you know? That's when it that's when it happens. They don't just come charging in all Captain Obvious, although it's pretty fucking obvious these days. I mean, hello. But they just do it bit by bit, little by little. And they put their um they put their propaganda in when people are young. When they get people mm. totally used to it and conditioned. But in the schools and then they crank it up higher. The higher you get in school, it's hotter, it's hotter. Until it's like hair on fire fucking Marxism when you get to college. And your parents aren't around to check the shit. And you're fucking hammered every night anyway. So like you barely even, you know, retain any of that shit. Or at least you think you don't. But any like the hot takes that you learn at college or any of like the mind opening. Oh, the lies my teacher told me. They're just like a, they can get you into college and then change history in your brain by just being like oh everything you taught was a lie this is the real truth but everything you're being taught there is a lie <laughs> fuck man and it's a lie on a lie on a lie and since none of us were alive in the history we read about how will we ever know it's all lies it's- till proven otherwise yes <laughs> hey the winning team writes history and i'm not sick of winning yet so that means we're gonna keep <laughs> on winning <laughs> Yeah. I haven't heard anyone say they're sick of winning while right. I'm on that. So writing history's fun, but let's write the future, man. Hell yeah. Uh but in the, the present, did you see that tree at Rockefeller Center? Oh my the Christmas God. tree? You wanna talk about the curtain fraying and people being obvious and like it's weird, man. You know, El Ellen Wood brings up like satanism or like satan worship and there's a lot of like jupiter worship or whatever and saturn worship people are calling out but it just fucking makes you wonder yet again because you hear shit like that and you're like man okay this is pretty fucking far out like satanists and stuff man like luciferians and then you're i mean it's like every chance they get to just stick it in the eye of any kind of christianity going on it's like it's past cuz i understand like flying spaghetti monster kind of uh attitude towards like oh it's all make believe ha 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 i can be funny and ironic too but this is more like they're just compelled it's like they can't let it go they can't just like leave it be 
They've got to fuck everything up. Christmas or Christian or anything like that. They just automatically going to poke it and just like... I feel like churches are one of the first places to be told, absolutely not, you have to lock down. You can't even have outdoor meetings. You remember that? They weren't letting church groups meet outdoors. Well, how many people besides like... uh, podcasters of no consequence (laughs) or uh maybe right-wing radio dudes other than those two groups and pastors who is who is out there saying that the covid shit is scam city that wearing a mask is bullshit and doesn't really do much for you that's positive no one else is saying that shit so you get the pastors i mean you get the pastors and that's probably like 80 percent of the fuckers saying it or at least 80% of the ears that could hear it. It's a lot. It's a big swath. And then you maybe leave some of those right-wing guys, because they already, you can discount them, because they're right-wing guys. So it's like, well, yeah, they say that, but they're right-wing guys. So, like, if they're the only ones saying it and they're the right-wing guys, then that's a right-wing attitude, is to, you know, ignore the science. That's a right-wing thing. (laughs) Like, seeing through bullshit doesn't doesn't lie on a political spectrum. You can be a far-left radical or a far-right radical or a dead centrist or off of the scale completely, not in the left-right <laughs> paradigm. All four of those guys could get together and all see through the bullshit. It's got nothing to do with politics. That's true. Well, getting back to that pathetic Charlie Brown-looking Christmas tree. I'm sorry. Did you know that there's another <laughs> layer to this and how sad it is? No. All I did was I saw them put up this sad fucking tree... I'm sorry to like rabbit hole you so deep there. It's but good. The, We're behind the curtain. It just invokes some emotion in me when I saw this pathetic tree go, go up in Rockefeller Center. Yes. One it, of the traditionally nicest, most beautiful Christmas trees in the entire country for years and years. Well, we just heard a clip from some Christmas movie where the girl said, tell me what could be more beautiful than Christmas in New York City? And I said, Christmas literally anywhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this year that's true. This year that's definitely going to be true. So, uh, But that's not normal. Okay, so it was kind of bare looking, right? Like it's kind of bare looking tree, 70 foot tall tree. But they found a little tiny owl in it. Oh. So they took this tree and the owl that was living in it and he made it all the way to New York City just like, what? Where am I? I? Oh, and a little baby owl. Who? Who? (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I was just like, man, you know the owls aren't what they seem. The owls aren't what they seem, and this Christmas celebration isn't what it seems. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Um, I would put a security detail on that thing, (laughs) for real, for real. Shit just makes me nervous, man. Just get a good tree. It should be the best well, tree. It's in New York. Maybe they're planning Rockefeller Center. a Christmas miracle where they like secretly swap it out for slightly better trees. <laughs> That'd be tough to do in New York. But mm. it's like by Christmas, it's blossomed and beautiful. And you can't even tell that it was a Charlie Brown looking tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, anyways, speaking of trees there too. Someone made um, a Toy Story themed Christmas tree, which is just completely Toy Story decoration covered, and people on the internet are loving it. Oh, wowie zowie. Yeah. I thought it was pretty creative. It's a shitload of they ornaments. Have, it seems like they have literally every character represented. No, missing that scary pink teddy bear from one of the sequels. Lots of hugging bear. Yeah, that guy. So, 
I think the creepiest is that telephone thing, the little oh. Fisher Price phone. When yeah. you pull it, pull, you pull it, and it's like, <laughs> and it's got the ding bell instead of like a real ring. And it's got that smile on its face. The always. eyes, man, the eyes are a bit creepy, I believe. Yeah, I think it's, it might be because it has no eyebrows, it's just these wide open eyeballs. If I don't you know. Put a Mister Speak and Spell voice box into one of those, then I think you could come up with like maybe Ooh. one of the creepiest kids' toys of all time, or at least a scary uh, like cartoon character. Some horror creature. Great. Now we've unleashed it. <laughs> Next Halloween. <laughs> Next Christmas. The big toy of the year mm. is this creepy ass toy you talked about on Bull After Bull episode 50. Uh, there's these. um. Oh, yeah. Some of this guy in Massachusetts was getting pissed off with all the potholes, which I've had issues with potholes everywhere I've lived. So Kansas City is pretty bad too. So he started planting Christmas trees in them, just tiny little trees. He's just taking it upon himself, just filling in the potholes with Christmas trees because apparently he hit this pothole pretty bad. Or I'll say the pothole hit his car pretty bad. Ended up with all four of his tires being flattened. Holy shit. Yeah. So he was pissed. That's a wide pothole, huh? And decided to be merry about it by planting trees. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, isn't that wild? I was like, fuck that. Yeah, I mean, the roads are kind of fucked up in some places here, but mm-hmm. I I don't think you can find a pothole you could hit all four tires with around here. That is a serious fucking hazard, man. Yeah, they had like a video on the article I read that showed so some locations around mass and there were a few areas where there were like three potholes in the road road so it's like you couldn't avoid hitting there's them no at way all, to you dodge know? it there's yeah. no way to totally dodge it but you can maybe get away with hitting one but they're pretty deep dude Shit. i was like no they really do need to do something about that potholes is no joke man there was one bad pothole up here on swope parkway um last winter i believe and there were a few cars we saw that got taken out by it that one flat tire or something mm-hmm. that's not right why do we pay taxes supposed right? to be like my roads that's like that's like the first thing yeah yeah my roads exactly that's what people immediately start defending when you're like oh yeah what taxation you, is if you ever pretend like from you. you don't want to be taxed then they immediately my say roads. well there won't be any roads mm-hmm be like, you know, sure. I bet there would be less roads and no potholes. But there would be fewer roads. I'll take it. There'd probably be fewer roads. I would grant you that. There will be less potholes in those roads also. I would want to bet. At least on the ones that you're traveling on, for sure. Because people wouldn't go on the ones that, you know. I sent you a clip. No. Yes. Let's see it. And I saw this story last week, and I could not stop laughing. Oh, shit. And... It was probably just because the bowl was so good. But <laughs> there's these two dudes. Oh, no. It's pretty funny, dude. There's these two dudes <laughs> riding around in Brazil. Okay. Um, And they're flying on broomsticks. But it's a m- mechanical unicycle. Okay. To put it in my uh, layman's tard terms. <laughs> so I sent you a clip of the guy uh, describing it. Because now they're trying to sell them. So okay. that everyone can fly their broomstick. Let's hear it. Freeing. It's a freeing feeling. You feel like you're actually flying. Freeing? You glide through the streets, you know? It kind of requires a lot of balance, but once you get it, it's pretty much amazing. 
Wow. Oh, it totally sold it. Well, look at it. <laughs> look at the video. That's pretty much amazing. Okay, because it's just so derpy. You see that? People in Harry Potter. Want they're like, yeah, they're talking about Harry Potter specifically. And he I says, guess like, that would be the maybe, obvious one. Maybe we could make Quidditch a thing on these mechanical broomsticks that oh, are unicycles. Most colleges have a Quidditch team. You realize that, yeah? And yeah, and they're just running around on their feet, right? Right. Yeah. And they're so he's like, saying, we will let you glide with our mechanical unicycle broomstick. Yeah, I mean, that, be more authentic. That shit is among the silliest things you can do at a at a university. Yes. <laughs> hey, trust me, you can do a lot of silly shit at college, but oh my God, Quidditch, dude. Look up like... Okay, muggle. Just kidding. <laughs> look up the intramural sports Quidditch teams at any university. They had one at Mizzou. I mean, it's fucking silly. Do they compete? Mm-hmm. With There's other like schools and stuff? State, I mean, like I'm sure they have like ribbons and trophies. And stuff. And I'm sure by now they... Yeah, there has to be a structure. Obviously, internationals. I don't remember what they do for the fucking snitch thing. All I know mm. is that they, like, run around with the broom between their legs. <laughs> Dude, it should be a drone. Like, one and of those little shitty drones. they big, like, kickball rubber playground balls at each other. Oh, my. <laughs> I think that's the what they play with, the main thing. But you can throw a different ball at each other for the bludger or whatever the hell. I remember seeing them practice on the quad at Mizzou. So and that's where I saw the dodgeball. I think there might be a shred, maybe like a a gram more dignity in like LARPing in the park <laughs> <laughs> with like <laughs> plastic swords and shit Dueling than the Quidditch the team. I'm jaded about the Harry Potter thing these days because I was like, my aunt got me the second book when the second book came out and I didn't know what the fuck it was. So it's probably like 97 or 8 or somewhere in there, maybe 9 even. But uh, mid to late 90s, I got the second book. And so then I had to, by default, I, you know, open the cover and it was like book two of the series. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I guess I need the first one also. So I decided to go get the first one, read it and read that one. And I was into it. Nobody else kind of knew what it was. But I was like definitely doing that for Halloween. I was like, I'm going to be Harry Potter. Hell yeah. Nobody knew. Nobody knew uh, that year who the fuck Harry Potter was. So I had like the glasses and the black hair and like... Because I had the kind of dumb kid glasses anyway. And then I had the scar and the broomstick and like all the most obvious shit, you know, the Gryffindor robe. And my dad went as Captain Underpants. No, not Captain Underpants. Um, Quail, Quail Man. Quail Man, who wears his okay. underpants on the outside from Doug, the cartoon Doug, Doug Funny. It's his alter ego. is Quail Man. So he was the only hero brave enough to wear his underwear on the outside. So... But my dad was in like the, he has a belt on his head that's like in the shape of a quail. And he did the whole costume. It was perfect. With the cue on his chest. And everybody's like, oh, quail man. He went to the church thing and everyone's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed to look at you. Because he has like a big tidy whiteies on the outside. But <laughs> it's so silly, It's man. a silly costume. It's like, well, you know, my junk isn't out. Like, yeah. It's like doubly covered because he's probably tines. wearing underwear under his pants too. Yeah, <laughs> triply cor covered. Correct. It's just one <laughs> extra layer on. But everyone's like, "Oh, you're so outlandish." But everybody knew Quail Man. Nobody knew Harry Potter. Wow. If you tried to do that like now in Halloween, if you sent out Harry Potter and Quail Man, it would be reversed. You yeah. Know? Like nobody would know who the fuck Quail Man is anymore. That's 
wild they'd just be like about. calling the cops and this old dude with oh. the underwear on the outside and a belt on his forehead belt on his- <laughs> oh are you the guy that tried to do the coney thing and then freaked out in the street yeah i remember you i remember that guy no i think he was naked yeah i think he was uh but jerking it on the street corner i forgot that detail yeah masturbating furiously Jeez, it's kind of a redundant phrase i've always thought <laughs> masturbating furiously yeah are there other ways to masturbate um <laughs> uh, i was gonna say uh, vigorously but that's a synonym yeah uh meditatively i don't know i mean furiously. even even when you're edging you're just like pulling back and then throwing back on the furious lover you know you're like whoa, yes. whoa, whoa. and then you're like ah, furious <laughs> furious <laughs> the, the, the fury has to come up at least at some point <laughs> you know we get slow jerk su- suggested in the chat slow jerk whitest kid you know definitely on my watch list thank you thank you Dwadnam this was beautiful about the IRC room. You can come in, give us ideas, and we can give you ideas, and you can click on the links that we're talking about. You can also find all those links in our show notes at bowlafterbowl.com is where they're published, and they also get shot out on the RSS feed. Ooh. So they're viewable. We push them out there. If you're hearing this somehow, you can get the show notes too. You know how to find it. Someone was walking on the beach in Florida. No way. And they saw... What looked like a body wash up on the shore covered oh, in seaweed and crap. Is that it? Yeah, that's a picture. That's creepy. Right there. It does. It looks like a dead guy on the beach. <laughs> Turns out that it was just a store mannequin. Oh, thank God. Yeah, thank God indeed. It that's wasn't creepy. An, a volunteer for an environmental nonprofit <laughs> found it. Well, she's dead. That mannequin is most definitely dead. Dead. Dead on the beach, washed up. So there's a balloon sculpture. Guinness record because there's a record for everything you know it's a lot of the records being broken lately so uh i mean what else are people gonna do right if they're stuck in their house they lost their job fuck let's break some records man <laughs> and this one broke it 25 foot tall balloon dinosaur sculpture oh my good gracious they did it they live in turkey and they did it and you know how horrifying that is to me <laughs> Yeah, I, she hates balloons. I have an irrational fear of balloons. It's a thing. But there's I've like actually a, met several other people. Yeah, and I the ones I've heard of fear. are also from Massachusetts. Because the last one I remember hearing was Doug Stanhope talking about it in uh, his Bearing Mother book that we're listening to on Audible. And he uh, was raised in Massachusetts, too. I don't know. There's a link there or what? Maybe. Maybe you mass weirdos have some kind of balloon thing. Balloon trauma. Balloon trauma. Don't know. It makes no sense. Well, you know how to wash away the balloon trauma? How? By thinking back to the first time that you ever saw the unlit part of the moon. So we talked a little bit about this. Like, uh, it's not the dark side of the moon. Because the dark side of the moon is, well, and Phone Boy was uh, correct in pointing out in the chat earlier that uh, all the moon is dark. So it's all the dark side. There's no dark side. The moon does not emit light. It merely reflects light. So it is the far side of the moon, and just like the phrase moonlight, we talk about the dark side as well, because of the appearance to us. But the unlit side of the moon is all of the moon we can see that's not being lit by the sun. Now, there are times, mostly in the crescent phase, waxing and waning, where you can see the rest of the moon. The unlit side is kind of lit up, but it's dim, 
Sometimes you can just make it out. Sometimes it's actually quite bright. And that is due to Earthshine. Earthshine is the sun reflecting from the Earth onto the moon. So we get kind of a dimmer than the direct sunlight the other part of the moon is getting, but still bright enough for us to see it with the naked eye. And you know, perhaps when you were a kid looking at the moon, the crescent moon, <laughs> you had seen that number of times. I can't really remember the first time I saw it, but I always loved staring at it for like long periods of time. You know, like it was always something that was really cool to me. Like, oh, I can see the full circle of the moon, but the, just the crescents lit up. Yeah. What about you? Was the first time you ever? It was last week. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting in the. We were driving home from somewhere, and I said. Wow, look at the moon. You can see the whole outline even though it's dark over there. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you didn't know that. And this shoots me back to the first time we I ever had a couple weeks ago where I was making fun of all the four eyes out there. Maybe I need to go get my damn eyes checked. <laughs> Are you accusing me of being dumb? It's possible. I just it could be an seen... eye thing. It could be an eyesight thing. Yeah, seriously. I look sense. at the moon all the time. In fact, we have Although a skylight in our bedroom. You you did see it that time. Yes. So you probably could have probably seen it other times. Maybe you just weren't like a super the distance stargazer. was different. You know? It was the perfect angle. Yeah. For sure. Like we were driving where I see it from like the skylight or even our porch, you know. Let's see if callers uh remember when they saw the unlit side first. Hey, it's phone boy. So I I don't I don't remember the first time I saw the um, the unlit side of the moon, but I do remember the first time I saw, saw a total solar eclipse. Nice. Ooh. It was on my 18th birthday, and, and I was living in Hawaii at the time. And, uh, and yeah, the, you want to see the unlit side of the moon in that respect. Yeah, that's something pretty special. Yeah. Uh, that was about 7.30 in the morning, and it was a couple days after my birthday, my 18th birthday. And we... Um, what do we do? We, but, uh, we decided not to go anywhere. Uh, we just happened to be, I mean, our house happened to be in the path of the, uh, of the, the totality of the eclipse. And so we got to see it. No, I think the totality was about four minutes. Um, remember being on the roof of my house. Um, and, uh, I, I, there may have been some marijuana involved. I'm not sure. Well, that's almost 7.30 in the morning, so maybe not. But, um, maybe that was a different time being up, being, uh, being up on the roof. But, uh, anyway, the, uh, <laughs> but yes, the first time I saw it was, uh, um, you know, or at least saw it in that way was when I was 18 years old and, uh, in Hawaii and watching the, you know, yes, that's just something else. And just seeing the, the entire sky go dark when, when the uh, sun is behind the moon, that is, uh, something special so in the bowl y'all in the, in the bowl, bowl mr phone boy hell yeah dude those solar eclipses are wild it's not time rayla was born the day before the solar eclipse here so she was almost 24 hours old when that went down not quite happened in her first 24 hours of life which is pretty cool we were maybe five six miles from the edge of the totality mm. not far so it basically like it it went full dark, you know, but it, was, it moved pretty quickly. Um, there was just kind of uh, always flares outside around the edges of the thing the whole time. So it wasn't full totality, but it still was nighttime. <laughs> yeah, our neighbor was out mowing and stopped and then just started shouting repeatedly, It's nighttime! It's nighttime! And all the crickets came out. Yeah, that, All the nighttime bugs were singing. That might be the wildest part. It's like the crickets and frogs that start up, like, just right away. At full volume and then just totally stop. It's like, holy fuck. 
they're just ready to go at any moment. If they realize it's nighttime, like that guy, like our neighbor, it's nighttime. <laughs> it's nighttime. Then they start chirp, 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 chirping, chirping. Yeah. I have another voicemail. Can you believe it? All right. Let's hear it. I want to tell both of you all right now about uh, super male vitality weed. Uh, <laughs> I think you're going to want to try it out. No, it's not that. Um, oh, <laughs> anyways, uh, when it, the medical came in here, I know guys were getting like, like if you if you signed up with different people, with, like what they considered a caregiver, who I think, I think the way it worked, like the caregiver could grow 15 plants under you and you could have up to a maximum of three patients. Yeah. So, okay. you know, technically you're growing uh, 45 plants per, th- like, if you got three people, which could yield quite a bit of stuff. So those guys were given two, I mean, two and I think some of them were even giving out like three ounces a month to different like, caregiver patients that I knew around. So um, I do not smoke the product. I do take edibles and like microdoses. So when the med- whole medical thing came around, that like the abundance of that like boomed like greatly. So, yeah. Uh, I guess that was a bonus. But now it's all legal, but, uh, like, the medical card givers, they tax them, I think, 6%. But if I go in, I think it's an 18% tax. Ooh. Mm. So uh, <laughs> if I get stuff, I have my buddy that has a med card do it for me. Yeah, there you go. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Smoking a bowl, sir. <laughs> Bowlafterbowl.com. Um, yes, yeah, smoking a bowl, sir. Net Ned. We have that now. Smoking a bowl, sir. Shit, I hit it too hard. It was too hot. That was pretty hot. Sorry, folks. Smoking a bowl, sir. There we go. Smoking a bowl, indeed. This sparked my memory. Canada right now, um, actually has too high of a supply of edibles. Oh, And the demand darn. has dropped. So they've got, like, millions of edibles sitting on their shelves they're trying to get rid of. Feel time, in Canada. Uh, time to put them on clearance. Go stock up. <laughs> Slash those prices. Price them to move. Yeah, seriously. What choice do they have? <laughs> Poor abducted owl. We got a text from Quirk S. All right, let's read on it. The text line. Poor abducted owl. I love owls so much. Kudos for the Twin Peaks reference. Owl, purple heart. Owl. You babes are the fucking best. I love you, Greenheart. Hey. Aww. We love you, Quirk S. Much love. Loving it, loving it. And, uh, Okay, so one more V-mail. Oh, all right, let's hear it. You Maybe hear someone it? beat me for that contest you're holding. We were trying to get the oldest, <laughs> oldest age of which you saw the uh, unlit. If you lost your love, you will find me. Bell left bell. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you fall, I will get you. I'll be waiting. <laughs> bell left. <laughs> oh, that was glorious. Yeah, thank you, caller. That was beautiful. Man, that needs to be fully fully done out, huh? That's just begging Hell for yeah. a for a a parody cover, isn't it? It sure is. Oh my god, and I love that fucking eighties like power ballad shit. Hell yeah. Like turn around bright eyes and all that kind of type <laughs> of shit. Oh my god. <laughs> There's a lot of feels in that thing, you know? You can really, like, power it out. Fuck yeah, man. The 80s seemed like a time. Well, everybody I had, wasn't there. Everybody had plenty of cocaine, so how could it go <laughs> wrong, dude? You're always just like, yeah! 
girl. Yeah, it's easy. Turn it up to 11. Dial I mean, it up to 11. I mean, in the 80s, the prevalence of cocaine in the 80s was such that in the high times, in the mid-80s, they would have cocaine in a lot of the centerfold pictures along with the weed. Like That's it was, right. It was just so normal. It was just as normal as weed in the 80s, coke. It was fucking everywhere. And then crack came along and fucked everything up. Mm. Uncool. I'm talking like I was there. I wasn't there. I just, <laughs> I just know way too much about the culture and the history and shit. We've done a wee bit of reading on you it. You know, that's kind of, uh, that's our niche that we occupy, so... Uh. Yeah, before my time, I feel like uh, in another lifetime I was there though for sure, snorking it up. Speaking of snorking it up, oh, <laughs> there's a little doggo that went missing in Missouri last year when his folks from New Hampshire were out here visiting. Oh shit! He just turned up back home a year later. Back home in New Hampshire? Yeah. He made it back. Yeah. He just like went back. He slipped out of his collar, ran off. And people started citing him. Now, I'm pretty sure someone returned him. Okay, I was going to fucking say, man. That's like Homeward Bound. <laughs> he ended <laughs> up in, uh, in real life. Belleville, Illinois. Hmm. And then he was caught. Did he get out? Like, this is kind of a big difference. Like, did he get lost in St. Louis or in Kansas City? St. Louis. Okay, that makes sense. Slipped out of his collar and ran. Yeah. I know how it goes. That's why I just used the leash yeah, on top can... of the collar. They can get away from you. You just slide the leash through that handle, and then it, like, you know, it'll tighten if they try to leave too much. But it's loose enough to where it's not hurting them. Works for my dogs. I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Also, uh, did you hear about all these bear problems they're having in Japan? Mm-mm. No? <laughs> well, um, on the island of Hokkaido, they are now using motion-detecting robot wolves to defend their uh, towns from bears. Oh, man. Why are the Japanese the coolest possible How people? How dope is that? It's like, move over, scarecrows. We've got these giant robot wolves. Those things do look And they're scary look looking. Scary, they got these glowing red eyes, and its head is swiveling around. It's got loudspeakers under it for howls. It's got a strobe light strobe on lights. its tail. Yeah. They're basically like werewolves. <laughs> Am I right? I mean... Yeah, if I was a bear, I would be like, God damn. If I was anything, I would be like... I'm tripping balls. I gotta get out of here. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So, I thought you'd appreciate that. Yeah, that's fantastic. I I I mean, I like wolves in general, but... What a a concept. Chase off them bears. I like animatronics. (laughs) Yes. So, I think it's dope. You are an animatronic enthusiast. Have you brought monsters and creatures of magic descent to life using... The wonderful technologies of robotics, then that's very cool. Neato. Neato. We like it. We love it. We want some more of it. What's our first time for next week? First time for next week. Oh, man. We could keep it celestial and kind of roll with phone boys thing. First time I ever saw an eclipse. Okay. Because that can be sun or moon. There are lunar eclipses, solar eclipses, lots of different types and things. Maybe you can remember the first time you ever saw an eclipse. I like that. And call in. And I love how Phone Boy rolled with it, too. He's like, well, I was, like, too young. I don't even remember the first time I saw Unlit Side of the Moon. But I remember. Yeah. That's what we love to do. We want to open it up to, like, just tell us a compelling story. We want the prompt not to be, like, a literal quiz question, but just, like, a uh, spark for the topic of discussion. 
Spark one up. And then we can talk about it. We can kick it. Hear some voicemails. I love the voicemails lately and the text too coming in because it's just fun to interact and get some feedback and hang out together. This is, you know, mostly for y'all. Although it's for us, it, it also is for you guys, the listeners, to have fun with, interact with, and kind of play around. So, uh, yeah. Long way of saying we definitely appreciate you leaving the voicemails. Heck yeah, we love you bowlers. Love you guys. We will be back at it uh, next Tuesday, so we'll see you then. But uh, thanks so much for hanging out. Post-Thanksgiving. So. And uh, while we're away, be sure that you uh, go defy some orders and have a gathering or whatnot, you know? Hell yeah. You got to have a gathering. You got to uh, be your own person. Was that in Pennsylvania where they're stopping alcohol sales the night before in a certain place? I M- believe my memory it's so in, uh, yeah, you're right, uh, Ohio? I don't recall, but hey, if you live there, get drunk. Sing some carols. <laughs> Somewhere in the Rust Belt, man, they're making you do stuff. Fuck that. Fuck that Happy indeed. Thanksgiving, everyone. And until next week, may your bowls burn ever brighter. Spark one up. We spark one up. Lock on. Smoke on. Mwah. Smoke in a bowl, sir. Smoke in a bowl, sir. We spark one up. Smoke in a bowl, sir. I feel stupid now. Smoke in um, a bowl, sir. It's the weed. <laughs>